it is time to hear from the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to appreciate you for today's service. We want to thank you that you count us worthy to be at your presence. We want to thank you, Lord, that God, you have been our Lord. We appreciate you for all that you have filled to us in the past. Father, as we go into your word, speak your word into our heart in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, almighty God, today, the benefit you have for us, you will load it into our heart in Jesus' name. Thank you, everlasting Father. We want to see you more in today's message. Speak what you want us to hear in Jesus' name. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Brethren, today, I ought to know the promise for the month. But believe me, I did not even go there to see, okay, what is the promise for this month? But the same scripture that was dedicated for this month was the same scripture I've been trying to, that is taking it further. We stop at this uh, promise for the month is 20, Matthew 18, 20, 20 verse. But my message today starts from 21. You can see that God is preparing you and me for this special service. Why am I going for that? Is that this year itself has been declared as year of fellowship. You can't fellowship alone. You need to fellowship with somebody. That is why the promise says, we are two or three gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. God is there with us. We've gathered together here. Even before we come here, God is already here. His presence is already in this auditorium. So, brethren, as I said, the year has been declared the year of uh, fellowship. You cannot fellowship without having somebody by your side. You can't fellowship without having somebody close to you. And there is something that can pre prevent you from having that kind of fellowship that you will have somebody by your side. If you have grudge against somebody, somebody has offended you, you cannot fellowship with that. If anyone is sitting down here at this side and somebody is offending him here and I'm standing here giving message, when you look at that direction of that person, something will come to your mind and say, oh, this brother, this sister, you will not be happy. In this type of situation, what do we do? We need to forgive. For proper fellowship, you must have forgiving spirit. That is why today I'll be talking about forgiveness. So the title of today's message is forgiveness. And what do you mean by forgiveness? To grant freedom, to grant pardon, or for any offense. Somebody has offended you, you are pardoning him, or somebody has been uh, enslaved, and they are giving him pardon. So when you grant pardon for an offense, or a debt, somebody is on you, that is forgiveness. Forgiveness is choosing to let go of my desire to punish somebody. That is forgiveness. Sometimes we want to punish our children. 
He said, okay, you come here, but as he comes, you are not punishing him again. That means you forgive him. So that is forgiveness. You forgive somebody who has wronged you. Most people here, or maybe not, or maybe yes, are fine with the principle of forgiveness or self. You have it in your mind. Oh, I'm forgiving him. Whereas, it's just on the surface. That is not forgiveness. And when you engage in this type of situation, it will enslave you. It will enslave your mind. You won't be able to fellowship with that person. For instance, people are fellowshipping outside. I want to, I saw, bro, I'm seeing brother Iman and uh, brother um, Kenneth together. But brother Kenneth has offended me. And I'm moving towards that because he's there. And I don't have that forgiving spirit. I will not go there. I won't be able to fellowship. So, brethren, if you are talking of fellowshipping, we need to have forgiving spirits. And that is what we are talking about today. So, because as a Christian, forgiveness itself is the basic quality that is required. It is the foundational principle of Christianity, forgiveness. I pray that unforgiveness will not hold you into bondage in Jesus' name. So the absence of forgiveness in a person's life is a destructive bondage that will cause strife, division, depression, oppression, sickness, and even among couples, divorce. If you really want to have good fellowshipping this year, you want to fellowship with your whole heart, you need to have the spirit of forgiveness. Without forgiveness, we will not ever have Christianity. No Christian will fellowship without forgiveness. Because if you don't have that, such person or such Christian will be condemned. Because we pray every day. The Lord's Prayer. I'm not going to remind you about that. Because if you are doing what Matthew 6 is saying, you have the forgiving spirit. Definitely, as you forgive those who trespass against you, what will happen? The Lord will forgive us. That is the fundamental principle of Christianity. Brothers and sisters, a proper understanding of forgiveness will transform our relationship with God, with other people, even with ourselves. That is what a proper relation, a proper forgiveness we do. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 15. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. So as Christians, we need to help people to learn how to put aside their different feelings of angers or hatred or bitterness so that we can practice the forgiveness as Christ directed. We need to help people to do this. Failure to forgive we hinder our fellowshipping with each other. Not just that, it will hinder our fellowshipping with the Lord. And his empowerment in, his, in our life can be affected if you don't have the spirit of forgiveness. So, the meaning of word forgiveness, as I said, is to dismiss, to release, to leave, or to abandon. We have had the judge. The judge dismissed so many cases. After arguing in the court of law, 
judge dismiss so many cases. These are, these are part of forgiveness. And when any person is forgiven of any wrongdoings, that person is released from such obligation. Either like a loan. Like a loan. Or you, you, you are owing somebody or somebody is owing you. You just feel that, okay, let me just forgive it. That is part of forgiveness. Hallelujah. So, once you forgive, that whatever has happened is a forgotten issue. So, your mind also will be, will be free. So, the word forgiveness also has the meaning to restore someone back to his original condition. The person who has been forgiven of a sin, then restored to a condition of not having sin at all. That is why when you become a born again, all things has done what? Has what? Has passed away. You have been forgiven about your past, provided you don't go back to it. So let's have the spirit of forgiveness as we fellowship this year. And I pray that God will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. Before I go into the scripture itself, let's look at some of examples in the scripture about forgiveness. Some example in the scripture about forgiveness. Uh, in John 8, 1 to 11, it's a beautiful example of forgiveness and God's mercy. According to, because according to the, new, uh, the Old Testament, there's a woman that, uh, this is in New Testament now, the woman caught in adultery I'm talking about now. According to Old Testament, she's supposed to die. People already picking stone, wanted to stone her. That is according to the Old Testament. But when Jesus Christ was writing on the floor, he was writing, he was writing on the, on the ground. Before he could look up, what happened? They have gone. And Jesus said, your sin has been forgiven. That is in, from the scripture. We found that mysteriously, when Jesus wrote on the ground, people left and Jesus said, her sin has been forgiven. There's another, there are many examples, I'll just give you a few. Jesus and the paralytic. And this story is in the book of Luke. Chapter 5, 11 to 26, I'm not going there. Jesus was teaching in a hall, in a home, in a house like this. There are a lot of people, multitude, to the extent that if we can picture it in our mind, there was no access to reach in. And what would these people do? They went through the roof, removed the roof, and lower that sick fellow down to the, uh, to the presence of Jesus. And Jesus, instead of immediately, instead of him to, the way Jesus healed him, he simply said, your sin are forgiven. That means there's was a sin that he has committed that is causing that. And immediately, he was healed. That's an example. We have the parable of the prodigal son, the two sons now. One, he was not called prodigal son because he collected his inheritance. He was called prodigal son because he, he used it anyhow. He spent the money anyhow. He was eating with pig. Then he turned within his hand, in my father's house. The slaves, they are eating. 
The servant, they are eating with plenty. Why should I continue to suffer? And what did he do? He went back. And when his father saw him from far distance, he rushed to hug him and welcome him with feast. The father forgive him of whatever he has done. Even the brothers was annoyed, but the father talked to him. Everything in the house belonged to you. So brethren, that is example of forgiveness. We see Peter. Peter, as close as he was to Jesus Christ, he denied him in the last minute. But still, we heard what he did after. He was forgiving. Paul, he was killing all Christians when he was Saul. He was met on the way to Damascus. His sins were forgiven. So what is that person has done to you that you feel that, no, it will never end in this world. When we go to heaven, we will continue. Who told you you are going to meet in heaven? You need to have that forgiving spirit right here for you to have that proper fellowshipping this year and beyond. So that is from the New Testament. And from the Old Testament, there's a very two examples of choosing here. Esau and Jacob. We all know the story. Let's read uh, Genesis 33 verse 4. Genesis 33 verse 4. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. On your own you can go back to read that story but this is where I'm picking my own. Somebody has taken someone's inheritance. They have gone apart. Mm. The person that, of, if you read the story, is very, very funny. Mm. Even Jacob was afraid. Mm. He put some people in the front, some people at the back. Because he did not know what is going to happen. But what did he mean? He met forgiving spirit of Esau. So what has that person done to you that will stop you from fellowshipping with him? Have this forgiving uh, spirit. And Esau ran to him. Who is him? Jacob. And fell on his neck. And kissed him. And they wept. What a reconciliation. See how they have reconciled. You can as well reconcile. What I'm talking about is not limited here. Maybe somebody has offended you back home. In your home country. Don't say it's going to only end in, in heaven. You may not meet there. What about Joseph? Joseph also was part of the journey of Jacob back to Esau. Jacob forgave his brothers. That is in Genesis chapter 50. If you read from verse 15 to 21. But let's see what verse 20 says. Verse 20. As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it good in order to bring about this present result and perceive many people alive. Hallelujah. You see, somebody might have offended you now. Maybe what he has done is to prepare you for the next stage of your life or the next testimony for you to share. And you are saying, I'm not going to fellowship with him. God has his, the way of doing things. Only somebody that has died, that end has come. As far as you are still living, 
develop that forgiving spirit and I pray that God will minister to you in the mighty name of Jesus. So as this year is declared as the year of fellowship with one another, and now we are talking about forgiveness, let us talk about the parable that was given in that Matthew 18, verse 21 to 25. And the, the purpose of this example is to help us to learn and apply biblical meaning of forgiveness in all our relationship. So, we are reading from verse 21. That is uh, Matthew 18. We'll be reading up to 35. The parable of the unforgiving servant. Then Peter came unto him and said, Lord, how often should my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said unto him, I do not say unto you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who went to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him a thousand talents. But as he was not able to pay his masters, he commanded that he be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and that paid payment be made. Then the servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master and his servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him of the debt. But that servant went out and found a, of his fellow servant and that owed him uh, a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him to the, by the throat and saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into the prison until he should pay his debt. So when the fellow servants saw that he had what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master after he had called him, said unto him, You wicked servant, I forgave you that debt because you begged me. Should you not have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he repaid all that was due to him. So my heavenly father will also do unto each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. This is the word of God. I think we all understand that story we just read now. In this passage, Jesus was teaching us because uh, Peter, Peter went to ask him how many times. Jesus is not setting limit. He is not setting limit. I will tell you why I'm saying that. Set no limit. That's what Jesus is teaching you. Set no limit to how many times. Don't put any condition. Unless this person said this. As a Christian, you don't need any condition to forgive any person. Because God said, when you read our Lord's prayer, forgive me as I forgive those who trespass against me. So, if you want God to forgive you as a Christian, 
you need to forgive those who have offended you. So Jesus is not said to forgive them X number of time. No. He didn't mean to forgive them, the mathematician here, 70 times 70, 70 that's 490. No. Forgiveness has no condition. Because when you read from 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, Lord, keep no record. I'm not going to that. Just keep note of that in your note. Love keeps no record of wrongs. So if you are keeping record, okay, today, number one, by the time you get to Saturday, unless you are writing, you have a very long list. You are writing all on your wall. Even our old parents, when they, they, they don't know, they, they are not educated, they do what we were talking last few weeks here, cheat, cheat. That is contribution. They mark it on the wall and they will only count from there. If they are doing that, if you are marking on your wall, by the time you go around this hall, you will discover that 490 is still not there. You even lost counting. So Jesus is not saying that you must have X number of time. Even in 1 Peter 4, 8, love covers a multitude of sin. If you have love, it covers it. And if you have daily prayer of our Father, uh, the, the prayer of uh, the lost prayer, you will forgive. You will not even count. So Jesus is not saying that. Luke 17, 3 to 4. Luke 17, 3 to 4. Take heed to yourself. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins, if he sins against you seven times in a day, seven times in a day return to, and returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. You shall forgive him. The moment somebody offended you and uh, he has come back to you, he or she has come back to you and said, I'm sorry. Please have forgiving spirit. Forgive him. That is, that's part I've taken him from 21 to 22 of that scripture. Now, 23 to 24. Talk about uh, the talent. You need to study, have a look at what God has done for you. Have a look of how God has forgiven you. Compare it, the forgiveness of God, compare it to what that person has done to you. And you have that in your mind. Let's look at this uh, scripture that we just read. For 10,000 talent. L let me equate it to money reals. Let's assume it's 10,000 money reals he has borrowed from his master. That means that person is not an ordinary person. He's a big man. To have gone and borrowed 10,000. Correct? He's a big man. I want you to picture it in that, in that way. And for the king to call him also. Now if you are going back, Miss Cat, if they are not seeing you, they will call you. For the king to have called him is very, is an important person. So, and king said um, that they should throw him into the, they should sell his house, sell everything. Oh, I, I'm not sure whether he has used that as collateral. And the king said, sell everything. And he fell down and appealed to him. And uh, he was forgiven. So, if you look at this, when you look at the magnitude of what God has forgiven you, it will speak volume into your heart to forgive others. 
In this servant, I think when brother was about to read the scripture, he mentioned, if you're having King James Version, what is the subject there? The parable of the unforgiving servant. Unforgiving servant. The parable of unforgiving servant. So, when somebody offended you, brethren, compare it to what you have done to God and see that God has forgiven you. That will encourage you to have forgiveness to this, to whosoever has uh, offended you. In Luke 7, Luke 7, 40 to 42, uh, I will just read quickly here. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. 41. There was a certain creditor who had two deputies. One owned 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Now, Jesus asked one question. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who he forgave, forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. You see, the one that uh, asked more is the one that should appreciate it more, that he has been forgiven. As I go on this message, I will mention some of the, commit, uh, the sin that we are committing that God is overlooking. Our God is so clean that there should be no blemish. Nothing should stain him. But he's overlooking all this in our life. So we need to have that forgiving spirit. Compare what God has done for you, how God has forgiven you. So this servant will soon forget the great debt for which he was forgiven. If we think that we do not need forgiveness, it will cause us to be heartless and hard-hearted as the person we turn out to be at the end. If we are thinking, okay, I don't need anybody to forgive me, then something else will be going in your mind. So when somebody offended you, compare it to the offense that you have done to God Almighty. Even even to fellow human beings, if within your mind, you will know that, oh, I've offended this person. So develop forgiving spirit. In 25 to 27 of that um, scripture we have read, seek the experience of counsel debt. You need to have experience of how to get things canceled. Let's see what that servant has done. The slave was not interested in trying to get his debt forgiven. Okay? He was not interested. He wanted more time. More time is what he wants. If you are reading along with me as I say this, so that he could figure out, he could find a way of to, how to repay. But let's see verse 26. It says, The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. So if we don't know what it feels like to be forgiven, then we will not want to let others feel that forgiveness. You need to know what forgiveness is. You need to feel it. That is when you can also allow others to have the spirit of forgiveness. Colossians 3, verse 12 and 13. Colossians 3. Therefore, as the elect of God, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, holy and beloved, put on tender mercy, have mercy. We just sign here that Lord is loading not mercy. Put on 
tender mercy, kindness, kindness, humility, humility, meekness, yes, long suffering, mm-hmm. bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another, fellowshipping with one another and forgiving one another. And what? And if anyone have a complaint against another, even as Christ has forgiven you, so also must you do. There's comparison here. As Christ forgive you, so also you must do. You have been forgiven. For you to have good fellowship in this year, to fellowship without any mindset, without anything behind your mind, develop the spirit of forgiveness right now, and God will help you in the mighty name of Jesus. Another point there from 31 to 36 now, so what you have received, so what you have received, that is whatever you receive, you also saw it, let it germinate. Because when it germinates, it will keep extending. I offend Brother Tony. Brother Tony, forgive me. Somebody else, forgive me. I forgive that person and that person. You see, this is how it will continue to germinate. So Matthew 6, 12 says, And forgive us our debt, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Are we doing that? We need to ask ourselves this question. Mark 11, 25, whenever you start praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your father will say, heaven, we also forgive you your transgression. So what am I saying here is that genuine forgiveness is always very deep, not on the surface. You can feel it, you can see it. Genuine forgiveness, we are talking about here now. This is forgiveness that comes from our inner mind. Just the women ministry tell us last year, inner being, inner beauty. Your inner beauty will not shine if you don't have the spirit of forgiveness. So let your heart, let it have that deep forgiveness. Sometimes we think that uh, forgiveness only will only be over when the bitterness part of it is over. You can be bitter with somebody. You can talk, you can abuse somebody. Then he, he talks to you or he, he or she appeal to you. Then you see that, okay, I'm forgiving you. Then you smile. We are right deep inside you. Okay, I will catch you. Where are you going to catch him? Let me give you an illustration. Two brothers. They offend, they have problem. They have something against each other. And uh, this dispute was so serious that uh, if one is following here, another one is following here. And they went to meet pastor and said, pastor, please, this is the problem. And pastor, after so many messages, reconciled them. They hug each other and they were happy. They smiled. And uh, as they were going, the pastor asked each one of them to make a wish for the other in honor as a sign of reconciliation. Pastor has them. Then the first brother turned to the other and said, I wish you, I, I wish you what you wish me. He did not even allow him to finish. Pastor, can you see? Can you see him? Why is he wishing his brother? The brother simply said, I wish you what you wish me. We need deep forgiveness. Not, not surface forgiveness. 
So in that scripture we have read, Jesus taught Peter because Peter went to him. Importance of forgiveness. We also, we have learned something today. I want you to go back and read that on your own and ensure that you understand it. So when we truly appreciate and be gracious to what God has done, we will have the forgiving spirit to cancel every sin that somebody has uh, committing to us or any offense that anybody has done to us. Christ has pardoned us. You need to pardon those that offended you. So when you are truly appreciate how gracious, okay, brethren, if we expect the Lord to continue to forgive us and to remain in fellowship, fellowship with him, forgiveness in our heart for those that have wronged us is essential. Consider the danger of failing to forgive other people. Consider what will happen if God chooses not to forgive you. Christ described in this passage that the importance of forgiveness in all aspects of our relationship, even in our ministry and in our attitude, in our behavior. So when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we all know, forgive us our trespasses as we also forgive those who trespass against us. So, what is likely to happen to people who become bitter and easily get annoyed? Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, verse 31 to 32. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Forgive you. So when we refuse to forgive, it will create bitterness in our heart. You will find it difficult to fellowship. As we have been asked. Interestingly, our church name is what? The Bread of Life Fellowship. So this year, we are just being asked to follow what our names implies. The Bread of Life what? fellowship. So when you refuse to forgive, it will create bitterness in your mind, in your heart. Because the moment, even when you see shadow of that person, you'll be bitter. If you see somebody that resembles that person, you will have that bitterness in you. Have this forgiving spirit. It will create isolation when you refuse to forgive. It will create distance. If I'm with brother... Tony, and somebody want to come and meet him, but because I've offended that person, he will not simply come because he, doesn't have, he or she doesn't have forgiving spirit. It will create distance. So, if we refuse to forgive, it creates isolation. You begin to isolate yourself. And when you isolate, how are you going to fellowship? We are two or three gathers together in his name. It is there. If you gather together with somebody and you have bitterness and you want God to be there, God might be there for the other one if he's not having anything against you. But for your prayer to be answered, obey what you read every day. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So these are the things that we need to know that if you don't forgive, it creates isolation and uh, distance.
So, the most lesson, forgiving others is always based upon how much we truly appreciate the degree of God's forgiveness for our evil sins. This is the lesson we are seeing from the scripture we have read. You can only know the, that is forgiving others is always based upon how much we truly appreciate the degree of God's forgiveness in our life. That you can see, that uh, servant was thrown to jail because he refused to, de- to forgive the next level servant. Some people forget that Lord has not only forgiven our sins of commission. This is what I said that we come back to. What are these sins of commission? Lying, cheating, stealing. It's not, God is not forgiving us just this sin. He also forgiving us the, son of, the sins of omission. The thing we ought to do, but fail to do. Sometimes we're supposed to pray to God before we leave our home. We fail to do it. God is not using that to judge us if anything is going to affect us on the way. He forgives us. God has forgiven us of our sin of wrong attitude. And what are these wrong attitudes? Envy, jealousy, criticism, lust. The Lord also forgives us of sin of assumption. Prejudice. That we might have towards certain people. We've had message here, possession. Sometimes we have possession about somebody. Oh, this is what he's thinking, that is what he's thinking. Lord, God also forgives us about this. Because we are not in the heart of those people, we don't know exactly what is going on there. God is forgiving us this type of sin. So God's mercies are truly broader, deeper, higher, and more enduring than any human can conceive. It is beyond what you can think of. The depth of forgiveness of God. So Jesus wants us to forgive others because he does not want us to fall into temptation of judging others. Only God's are the fact of judging others. Do not judge or you'll be judged. That is in the book of Matthew 7. Only the loss is completely impartial. Only our Heavenly Father's judgment is fair and final. Don't judge others. If you have anything against anybody, please go to him. Ask him. Why? Don't just condemn him. He might not be what you are thinking. Have this forgiving spirit as you fellowship this year and beyond in Jesus' name. So the Lord is, is the only one who has the perfect discernment to judge people. Yes, he's the only one. Don't conclude within your mind and be thinking that, uh, okay, this is what he's thinking, this is, this, is, this is that. No. Go to him and ask him, why is this happening? Why have you done this? And if he explains to you, even if he gets annoyed, cool down. Allow him to express his anger. Allow that to happen. You might not be able to talk to him immediately. Just cool down. Because when two uh, iron, sharpened iron, there will be spark. So that is why you need to cool down. When he cool down, you get back to him later. And have this forgiving spirit. And God will help us in Jesus' name. So there is power in forgiveness. When you forgive, there is power in it. Because it restores love. 
It restores love when you have forgiveness power. Even your health will be restored. Because if you are not thinking of anything, the, the bitterness is not something that helps. If you are bitter about somebody, the moment you see that person, if you are driving, there's tendency of you losing a few seconds concentration. Oh, look at him. So, and that can affect your health. So, when real love, when real forgiveness happens, it restores love, it restores your health. Second Chronicle, Second Chronicle chapter 7, verse 14. I will read from here. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, to, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and heal the land. You see where the healing is coming now? Who are the people of God we are talking about? You and me, we are the people of God. And who are those people called by his name? The church. The church are called by his name. We have to have this forgiving spirit. We have to, to be ready at any time to repent towards God. And what will come? The head, good head will come. He said he will heal the land. So when you forgive, it restores relationship. When you forgive somebody, it restores relationship. Forgiveness is not just what the world needs. Forgiveness is what changed the world. It's not just what the world needs. That is what can change the world. The war that is going on in, in, in Ukraine today, if forgiveness should set in, everything will change within seconds. That is why we have to continue to pray that God should restore his peace to the world in Jesus' name. So, don't have any grudges against anybody. Whatever grudges you have, please, I'm begging you, take them away. Commit yourself to give, all the, to give up all the grudges. You need to know that unforgiveness creates grudges. If you don't forgive, it will create grudges. And these are dangerous and destructive. Why? Because if it happens between couples, it breaks marriage, it breaks family, it ruins friendship. Even grudges split church, churches. Where churches are not in unity. If they have grudges against each other, it can disintegrate into another thing. That is why we need to have the spirit of forgiveness. Hallelujah. I want to tell you this afternoon, if you are holding any grudges against anyone, after this service, brothers and sisters, please make a phone call. And if the person is here, tap him at the back. I forgive you. Deep forgiveness, not on the surface. So when you forgive, it gives you freedom. Freedom to your soul. You'll be happy. You're free with everybody. You will not look at face. Any, you won't look at any face. You forgive and that gives you joy. So you must walk in, freedom, uh, in uh, forgiveness. And what are the key to walk in forgiveness? Forgiveness is a command. Remember that. It's a command from God. So when you go to the book of Matthew 6, you read that story. If you forgive, if you, okay, let me quickly just read 14 and 
16 here. Matthew 6, 14, 15. For if you forgive men, their prefaces, your heavenly father will forgive you. So, but if you do not forgive men, their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you. Hold this. It's a command. You need to forgive. There is no limit to forgiveness. Hold on to that. That I've been mentioned. Unforgiveness will hold you into bondage. Know this. Reconciliation is the answer as you fellowship this year. Don't allow unforgiveness in your life. Remember to always forgive your enemy. You know why? It gets them annoyed. They'll be looking at you. What is happening to this man? Why this church go? Why is even all I've done is still praying for me? Forgive your enemy. Amen? So in conclusion, the conclusion of that scripture, that's where I'm going to take my conclusion, but I want to pray that you don't allow that to be in your life. Have the spirit of forgiveness. Sister, just project that Matthew 18, 35. See how Jesus concluded this. So, my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So, this verse show something happened before that so. So, my heavenly Father also, we do to you. If you want to know exactly what, he has, what has happened, go back, read from 26 to 34. You will know what we are talking about there. Because that man was thrown into jail. Because he grabbed his fellow servant in the throat. Want to shock him. So my plea this afternoon is for our Lord's sake, for our own sake, that we should Stop anger and start forgiveness. Forgiveness is healthy. Real forgiveness is always a minor miracle. Because that person will not be expecting it. When you forgive him, he will be happy. So it's a minor miracle. Real forgiveness or forgiveness from the heart, as Jesus called it, it requires more than our power. And what do you need for this Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you, you will have the forgiveness. So it requires the assistance of Holy Spirit. A willingness to forgive is a choice for non-believer. A willingness to forgive is a choice for non-believer. non-believer. For Christian, it is an essential thing that you must do. May God bless his word. Praise the Lord. I believe that God is speaking to every one of us today. No, amen. God is speaking to each one of us today. It is a very appropriate message for this day. And it is very essential as we start this month and with our forgiveness in our heart. And uh, as it is clearly said, 
forgiveness is the foundation of a Christian. And it is also very essential for you to live in peace. You should have this forgiveness as an attitude of a Christian. So we will conclude that. As we are going for the communion service now, as we prepare, you might have observed from the beginning and how God has been speaking to us in the beginning of the verse. As the psalmist says, Search me, O Lord, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. My heart and my thoughts. If it is your prayer from the beginning, by this time, you might have confidently say that, yes, indeed, God has spoken to me. Amen? Amen. Okay, this is the time for us to go to the Lord's prayer, uh, Lord's table. And as all of us, we know what is Lord's table means it. But still, it is, our, it is essential for us to be reminded of. And uh, all of us, we know it is started from the Old Testament as a Passover of the Lord. And it was instituted by our Lord Jesus Christ before his death as a Passover day. And there are different terms used in this Bible as a Lord's Supper, communion, and a breaking of bread. Now we are here and there are things to be reminded. That is one is the elements of the Lord's Supper, the symbolism of this communion is Unleavened bread represents the body of Christ and the wine, the grape juice which is kept here represents the blood of Jesus Christ. The meaning of a communion is all of us we know and how to take part and there are many things. First thing, let me read the scripture as we have time today. First Corinthians chapter 11. I will read it for you. Please pay attention to God's word. First Corinthians chapter 11, verses from 23 onwards to 32. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so, let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. 
for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself not discerning the lord's body for this reason many are weak and sick among you and many sleep for if you would judge ourselves we would not be judged but when we are judged we are chastened by the lord that we may not be condemned with the world what do we understand from here repeatedly it was said remember remember me it is a memorial about the past what god the lord jesus christ has done for us he suffered he has died he was buried and he rose again remember the death of our lord jesus christ and what is present what is the present is do this as often as possible as often as possible we have to do this and it should not be taken in a unworthy manner it should be taken with reverence and before that we have to examine ourselves examine ourselves according to this message examine yourselves if you have any unforgiven sin against anyone this is the right time forgive one another when the lord the spirit of god remains you what is the unforgiven sin in you so this is the preparation that's what we are supposed to do at this time at the same time the words also encourages us about the future proclaim this the lord's death how long till he comes so this is the reminder when we come to the lord's table we should remember what the lord jesus christ done to us and we have to prepare ourselves how to take it present and we are also reminded to proclaim his death to the world until he comes so whenever we come to the lord's table these three things we have to remember finally and the last and least and uh, it is a yeah, fellowship again so the see how our god is great to us what a privilege it is the bread of life fellowship and the year of fellowship and coming together it is not just among us remember we are taking this communion along with our lord jesus christ himself in faith so it reminds us we have a great fellowship it's a time of fellowship it is a reminder for us so always every month we are having it so it reminds us about fellowship time and again so dear children of god this is not a ritual and this is not for everyone but it is this table is prepared for 
the children of god those who accepted the lord jesus christ as their lord and savior and testified as a witness in the what is our baptism so it's a time for you to examine and prepare yourself and uh, come and have this table and as the ushers leads to you let's have a word of prayer for the bread and wine close your eyes gracious heavenly father we thank you and praise you for this privilege and a great blessings the table which kept before us lord we thank you for your son jesus christ thank you for giving your life to us thank you for shedding your blood for us thank you for forgiving all of our sins as we reminded us once again already you have forgiven us that's why we are here in the same way we praying take this message and also in this moment forgive one another there should not be anyone which was who was not forgiven by us father in this time we pray for the bread and the wine kept on this table bless this and sanctify it as you are going to take together as a fellowship and communion with one another lord let this be bring blessings in our life help us to have it with reverence in our hearts help unite us in spirit in love in understanding of your word as you are speaking to us in jesus precious name we offer this prayer amen
taken will wash us of every sin in our lives that it will make us pure and holy if anything is unforgiving us that the Lord has forgiven us just commit it into your life into your hearts say Lord the challenges I'm having in my life I'm starting afresh with you this month clean slates because you have forgiven me I promise to live a holy life and righteous life this coming month and as I've taken of this blood that you grant me the power to overcome in the mighty name of Jesus pray that as I go into this month that I shall be victorious the way you are victorious on the cross Open doors shall be my portion in the mighty name of Jesus. I will break forth to my greatness this month. As we wrap, I just thank the Lord for the gift of fellowship that we have with Him. The Holy Communion is a fellowship that we have with one another. And He recognizes us in that fellowship. And we'll grow in that fellowship with one another pray that this month I will go spiritually I will not backslide thank you father thank you lord Jesus in Jesus name we have prayed and father lord we pray for everyone that has been able to participate in this holy communion we pray for your presence this month as we go, Lord, we wanted to go with us. We wanted to fellowship with us. We pray that we will not fall by the wayside. That we will be together this month. In as much as so many people are trusting you for things this month. I don't know what it is, Father Lord. But grant unto them in the mighty name of Jesus. That next time we meet, Father, 
that we shall be full of testimonies. Lord, our brethren that are not here, wherever they may be, we remember them today. That you also be with them. You guide them and you bless them. As we depart, Father, we pray that you take us back to our destination safely. Thank you, Father Lord, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Before we share the grace, there was an announcement earlier on for the discipleship training. Please, if you have registered for the discipleship training, please meet Brother Rajesh here. It's very, very important. By the, by the left of my side, please meet Brother Rajesh. And please, those that want to join still, today is the last day. Meet him and you'll be able to join. The reason why I'm saying this, the key to ministration in the church, that's the first step. You need to finish the first stage of discipleship training. So if you want to join any ministry, this is the time for you to start with the discipleship training so you can join. Is that absolutely clear? Because if you come in May, you have to join the next cohort in September. So it's an avenue for you to get in. Okay? So please don't lose that opportunity. The Lord will bless you. And the Davis family also, please, if you meet uh, our welcoming team by this side, and they'll tell you more about the church. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you and have a wonderful day ahead.